This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, God is so good. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Mark 4, 26-28. And uh, today I'm going to talk to you about the power of seeds. The power of seeds. Any, has anybody ever planted anything in, the, in, in here? Amen. Praise God. And you've seen it grow. Some of you had gardens. And glory to God. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, I planted, uh, I love oranges. Amen. So uh, I, 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 I was at my grandmother's house and I, uh, she had this little thing here, which was like a, not a vase, but it was something where you could put dirt in. And um, it was made of acrylic or something like that. And I put some seed in there. And I put it on the windowsill because I wanted an orange tree. Amen. And you know what? After a couple of days, I don't, I don't know if it was a week or two weeks. I think it was less than that, that. That it started sprouting up right through the dirt. Amen. Somebody say there's power in the seed. And you know, those, uh, those four, I think it was four seeds, they ended up growing trees about this big. They were in plants. But you know what? They never gave out oranges. The leaves smelt like oranges. The leaves actually smelt like oranges, but I didn't get any oranges from them. I was wondering what I did wrong. And, you know, you know those seeds have to be pollinated. Does anybody know that? And you've got to pollinate those seeds. Amen? And, uh, but, you know, we kept those for a long time, didn't we, Mom? So we kept those. We gave some plants away. And, uh, but, but, but we are, I'm going to say this. You, you may not be a farmer in the natural. You know, farmers sow seed. But you are a farmer in the spiritual. In other words, um, the title is The Power of Seeds. And I'm going to talk to you about the, the power of seeds. And, and, and the seed is not just the Word of God, and it is the Word of God. Um, and that's the most powerful seed we can talk about this morning. But seeds are, are, are more than just that, and we're going to talk about that. Let's look at Mark 4, 26 through 28. And it says here, And he said, The kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground. And it should sleep and the ground and it should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how for the earth yields crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. So we see here this is talking about the kingdom of God. And really, this is a very powerful word that Jesus is giving that the, the, the whole kingdom of God is likened to seed being scattered on the ground. Amen. And so, so it's seed that will produce. And how many people know that your heart is ground? Your heart is ground. Today you're receiving some seed, hopefully that's going to sprout up and give you some victory. Amen. And it says here that it grows up, but sometimes we don't know how it works. You know, you don't have to know everything about a car and the engine and how it works for you to be able to drive a car. Amen. I'm glad you don't have, we don't have to become master mechanics uh, before we get a driver's license. Amen. In other words, we don't have to understand. All we know is put gas in the tank and it runs. Amen. And put some oil in it, you know, every 3,000 miles. Some of you don't do that, but put some oil in it and make sure that that engine keeps running. But, but, a lot, but most of you probably don't know how it works, the combustion of the engine and all that. But you know how to drive. So thank God. So we may not understand everything about a seed, 
But we know that there's power in seeds and there's power to produce whatever uh, you want it to produce. And there's power in the word of God. The word of God is likened to seed. And I'm going to say this. If you can get the right kind of seed, you can plant it into your heart. And there's nothing that you cannot have in God. Can I get an amen there? And so there's nothing that we can have. So, so really, um, in Mark 4.28, let's focus on, on this. It says, the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade and then the head. And after that, the full grain of the head. What is he saying here? He's saying that it's going to be a process that seed, when you look at seed, it, it's it, at the end of the seed, like an acorn. Uh, an acorn, if I showed you an acorn today, you know what an acorn looked like. It turns into an oak tree. So the power of that seed has the power to to grow an oak tree that's that's, you know, you've seen oak trees, how huge those oak trees are. And so and that's the power of what a seed can produce. Amen. And, and it's a process. An oak tree is not grown overnight. And so so I'm going to say this, that you may be meditating on the word. Your harvest is not going to happen overnight, but it's happening. Somebody say it's growing. So it's a process. Amen. So point number one, everything in the kingdom of God works on a seed principle. You can say everything in life works on a seed principle. Everything comes from seed. Now, you know, even us, mankind, you know, you need a, a seed of a man, of course, an egg of a woman. But, but we all come from seed. Amen. And so, so we are born of seed and, you know, that's why, you know, scientists can't figure out how old the earth is. You know, they're trying to figure it all out because they're, they're going with, you know, evolution. But people don't realize that God created everything in Genesis as mature. Amen. So it was mature. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Can anybody tell me what came first? The chicken. <laughs> if you read your Bible, God created animals. He didn't create the egg for the chicken to peck out of the egg. Amen. And no, no, no. What came first was the chicken. And, and because God created everything in Genesis in mature form. Man, God didn't create Adam as a baby. Amen. He created him as a mature man. And then everything that was on this earth was created in mature form and has seed. Amen. Glory to God. And that seed produced. Yes. Amen. And so, so we have to look at that. Now, even when you're born again... You're born again of what the Bible says, incorruptible seed. Amen. In 1 Peter 1, 23, uh, 1 Peter 1, 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So, 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 so the word of God is incorruptible. And so when you receive the word of God, that, that seed is living on the inside of you. But you know what? you got to keep doing something with that seed. you got to keep watering it and speaking it. Amen. Speaking the word of God. You need to be confessing the promises of God for that seed to, to take root in your hearts. Amen. A lot of us, we, don't, we haven't done that as, as much as we need to. But I'm telling you, it's powerful. Amen. You know, the Bible actually says our bodies are considered seed. In 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44, it says also, 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44, it says also the resurrection, uh, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption and is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor and it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness 
and it's raised in power, it's sown in a natural body and it's raised in a spiritual body. There's a natural body and then there's a spiritual body. So, so, so really, you know, uh, when you got saved, you know, you just got a down payment on your, on your salvation. You know, we're not really experiencing the fullness of salvation. Do you know that right now? Because, you know, when you experience the fullness of salvation, you're going to have a glorified body. Amen. So we, we just have a down payment of what we have in Christ. It's just a down payment. That's why we struggle down here. That's why we got to count calories. Hello. That's why. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We, 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 there's a struggle. in the. Anybody ever struggle just being down here? Any of you ever pray, God, just take me home now? I'm ready to go home. You know, you're going through a hard day. But you know what? I'm going to say this. You know, Maranatha. That's what they used to say. They used to say in the old church, Maranatha. I say this quite often. Lord, come quickly. That's what Maranatha means. And, uh, but you know what? You have an assignment. We all have an assignment. So, so don't, don't cut out too early. Amen? I, I, you know, you guys are important. Amen? You, you are an assignment. And that assignment is to reach as many people as we can. And bring them the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you just got a down payment. Amen. But we're going to have that glorified body. I'm believing, this is me personally, that Jesus is going to be here before I'm put in the grave. Hello. So in, in other words, how many people are believing before you put in the grave that Jesus is going to come back? Amen. And he's coming back for a church, what, without spot or wrinkle, Amen. full of love and faith, yes. doing the works of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And so I, I, I know that this church is going gonna, is, is gonna to be one of the, the churches that Jesus is coming back for because you guys are fired up for Jesus. Somebody say, I'm fired up, I'm fired up. for Jesus. Jesus. Amen. And so John 20, 12, 23 and 24, Jesus is speaking here. And Jesus is actually, he considers himself a seed. Jesus replied, now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter and this is John 12, 23 and 24. Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But, if it, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new life. This is a New Living Translation. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that he came, but he came to have more than just one body. You know, God gave Jesus, his body. Amen. You know, when Jesus, Jesus is really the seed of the woman. Amen. Because because Mary was a virgin. And so when the angel came to uh, uh, the angel, Gabriel came to Mary, he, he, he gave her the good news that she was going to bear a son that was going to save the people from their sins. And you know what? She she said, let it be unto me according to thy word. And so when she said that, the seed, that supernatural seed of the word produced Jesus on the inside of her. Amen. And so she, she believed God. And when you start believing the word of God and you start believing the promises of God, those promises are going to take root in your life. Amen. And so today, hopefully I'm going to talk to you about the importance of seeds and what they can do. And how to, how to hold on to the seed, how to cultivate that seed, and how to get them to produce a harvest in your life. Can I get an amen or oh me? So, so God sowed his son Jesus 
and reaped a harvest of many believers. And the Bible says in Galatians 3, we are the seed of Abraham. So Jesus really, you could say Jesus has two bodies. He has his own body, but really we are the body of Christ. Are we not? And so since we are the body of Christ, so Jesus by himself, he's one member. But with us, he's many members. Amen. So you can see that, 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 that God wanted a family. So that's the reason why he believes in the power of sowing seed. And Jesus was sowed so that we could be all here. Amen. Can I get an amen? So, so let's look at this. In Genesis 8, 22, it says here, Why the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Amen. Now, this, this is talking about seed time and harvest, the principle of seed time and harvest. I know seed time is put together, um, and, and, but really, it's seed, time, and harvest. So that time is that process until that harvest comes to pass. Like, I really believe that our church right now, we're not... In the form that God really wants us to be. We're more in a baby state church right now. But God's growing us. Do you believe that? And we're growing up and we're becoming stronger and stronger as we take the word of God. And we start listening to the word of God and we start walking it out. We're becoming more and more mature in Christ. Amen. And so he says, why the the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer. And day and night shall not cease. Notice it says it shall not cease. Amen. So I, I, I believe the word of God. Now I, I know, how many people have ever heard of climate change? Or global warming? Uh, that's a theory. That's not really, really pure science. And people are afraid that the earth is going to burn up or freeze up. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Some people think, oh, it's, it's hot. It's extra hot. The, the glaciers are, are melting. But, but, now, but now they're finding that they're not. They had to change global warming. They had to change that name because, because it wasn't warming. So they had to change it to climate change. Climate change. Well, climate change it always changes. Amen. Amen. So don't get caught up in how the world and how, you know, polit- the political scene Wants to say that that the earth is going to, you know, people think people really think that the earth is, you know, that that we're going to have too many people on the earth and we're going to run out of resources. We're not going to run out of resources. There's too much earth. I I drive around in Virginia Beach and there's more land that's undeveloped than developed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of land in Virginia Beach that's not even touched. Have you ever drive by all these fields? And I mean, there's a lot of land that's not even developed in Virginia Beach. Uh, There's more room for more people in Virginia Beach. There's more room for people on this planet. Amen. So we don't need to be trying to think that if we just kill half the population that we will live longer. That some people believe that, that we, we need to eliminate people off the planet. But I'm glad I don't think that way. And hopefully you don't think that way. So really, I don't believe in that because because Jesus is Lord over this planet. And this planet is not going to go by the wayside until Jesus gives it until Jesus says it's going to go. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Hopefully you're not in fear today about global warming. Amen. It's not going to happen because it said day and night shall not cease. Amen. 
And I don't know about you, but I, I, I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible over some of the, the so-called science that's out there. Amen. So, so uh, I'm going to say this, that seed is the word of God and it is, the, it is taken as the word of God. We know that there's power in the word, but seed can be also our thoughts, our words and our actions. Can I say that again? Seed can be also our thoughts. Our thoughts are seeds. You know, what you meditate on and what you think on will soon become words. And then eventually it can become actions. Is that right? You know, I, I, I meditated on thinking about when I was dating in, I'm going to marry that girl. You know, you know, it, it kind of came in my, I'm going to marry her, you know. And, uh, and, you know, eventually it came to me writing down the wedding list of what, we're, you know, I, I asked her to marry me. Did that in church. Anybody remember that, that day? I, I taught a message on uh, the, the book of Ruth and how, you know, how Ruth left her people. And, and Yin was kind of leaving her people because, you know, her mom and dad, that they were Buddhists. And she came over to the Christian side. Amen. And she, she decided to marry me, a pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. But that came as a thought. You know, you know, seeds are thoughts and then words and then actions. And so we end up married. Now we have three kids. But, you know, we had names of our kids before, we, before she was even pregnant. We had Christina Grace Lambert already picked out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Seeds. Amen. And you thought about it and then it came to pass. Any, any of your parents ever... Picked out the names before they, the kids were even born. Okay, glory to God. Well, I got some, I got a, I got a weak yes. Amen. So seeds, whatever you're thinking on, that if you meditate on it long enough, it will produce in your life. Amen. And so it says here, let me just bear this out. In Galatians 6, 7 through 8, it says, do not be, uh, this is Galatians 6, 7 8. This is bearing out that seeds can be thoughts, words, and actions. It says here, do not be deceived. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the uh, church of Galatia. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. Notice that whatever a man sows, that will he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Notice that Paul was saying that really what he's saying is he's not just just saying, you know, sowing as in planting a seed into a garden. He's saying whatsoever we sow in our thoughts, in our words and in our actions uh, will produce some type of harvest in our life. So so this this morning, I want you to get aware of what are you doing? What are you sowing? You know, sometimes we get frustrated and we say things we don't mean. Anybody out there like that? And we say things, and you really don't mean the things that you say a lot of times. Frustration brings it out. But do you really want those things to come to pass that you're saying? In other words, you really don't want them to come to pass. But if we don't get a grip on what what we're thinking about, what we're speaking about, or what we're saying, uh, or what how we're acting, then then these seeds will grow up. So 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 basically, um, I'm saying this: if you sow bad seed. You're going to reap a bad harvest. If you sow good seed, you will reap a good harvest. So, so you know, some of us have sown some bad seed in here. But how do you sow, how do you turn around bad seed? How do you turn around a crop of bad seed that you sow? How do you do that? 
there's only one way I know by the Bible. It's repenting. Hello. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Repenting is turning back to God. Repenting is saying, uh, God, I'm going to I'm going to look at your word. And if your word says, you know, this is wrong, then I'm going to agree with your word. If your word says lying is wrong, then I'm not going to lie. And I lied last week, so I'm going to ask your forgiveness. Uh, I I don't want to lie. If if your word says stealing is wrong, then I'm going to repent. I'm not going to. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm going to agree with your word. I'm going to side on your word. Amen. And so we turn around. uh, We can turn around a bad harvest by repenting. And repentance isn't a bad word. Amen. It's a good thing. My uh, I heard this, that if how many people want to stay close to God? If you want to stay close to God, you have to be a person that's quick to repent. In other words, when you find out you've done something wrong, be quick to acknowledge it. You know, the Bible says the, the, the person that covers up their sin will not prosper. So we want to be quick. A lot of times we don't want to admit when we do something wrong. But but when you're quick to admit it, then 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 God will be quick to remit it. Amen. When we quick to admit it, God will be quick to remit it. Does that make sense? I'm not going to you know, that that, that's hot off the press. That remitting means that he takes away the sin. Remittance. Amen. And so. Amen. Amen. Uh, Let me let's look at this story here. Jonah. uh, I love the story of Jonah. And Jonah preached pending judgment to a wicked nation of Nineveh. So, you know, Jonah was the one that Jonah was the, the prophet that God raised up to preach a message to the Ninevites. And we know what Jonah did, right? He went the opposite direction and uh, he didn't do what God was telling him to do. He went on a boat, went the opposite direction. I'm, I'm going to say this. It pays to obey God. It does not pay to go against God or be disobedient to God, even if you have uh, uh, grace on your uh, on you, especially if you're a minister. I'm going to say this. If you're a minister, you're judged much quicker (laughs) and and normally a little harsher than somebody that's not a minister that ministers the word of God. Amen. And so I'm going to say this. We're all ministers. But 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 Jonah, you know, he took that trip. He, he, He went into a boat, went the opposite direction. And then, you know, what happened? There was a storm that came up on that boat. He got thrown over. And, you know, what was amazing about Jonah was why he was in the belly of the well for three days. He got or belly of fish. Um, When he was in that belly, he repented to the Lord. And, you know, he he, and he worshiped the Lord in the belly. Sometimes we just need to repent if we've said things that were wrong said things that were wrong about our family, say things that we don't want, want them, say things that we don't really want to come to pass. We need to repent. Sometimes we may need to apologize to somebody. How, how do you pull up bad seed with relationships? Apologize. Amen. Pull up that bad seed. Ask forgiveness. Amen. Amen. For, you know, that's the second key to being close to God. You have to be quick to repent. Second key is quick to forgive. Amen. Amen. We, want, we want to be forgiving people. We don't want to harbor ill will or bitterness. Amen. Now, yeah, we, we want to forgive. And that's how we can pull up bad seed. Even when you even when people are doing wrong things, you can ask God to forgive them. You know, the Bible actually said says that you can pray for people, family members and ask God to forgive them of their sins. Did you know that the Bible actually says that? 
And that's a good thing. You know, I was remember listening to Brother Hagen and um, his his grandmother was was uh, dying and she was in a coma and she was about ready to pass away. But but um, he knew that she he she didn't live that close to God. And he was really worried about his, his grandmother and he was praying. He said, Lord, wake her up so I can make sure that she's ready to see you, you know. And the Lord revealed to him, you don't, she doesn't have to come out of coma. You just pray that I forgive her. And then she can go to heaven and she'll be ready. Think about that. So, so he's, and, and it's, it's in scripture. You're going to have to look that up. I'm not too sure where that's at in scripture. But you'll do your homework after that. Google it. You'll find it. And, um, and so we can ask forgiveness, amen, uh, for others. And God's mercy can come into their lives. Isn't that awesome? So we have the power to forgive Jesus. Even when he came back to his disciples and the Bible said he breathed on his disciples. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, if 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 there's sins that that or that has been done against them, he says, if you forgive those sins, they're forgiven. Maybe that's where it's at. And if you if you don't forgive those sins, they'll be retained. Check that out. So, so, so what we want to do is we want to be people of mercy like God is. And God was merciful to Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the well. Or I'm sorry, it's not a well. That's just a fish. And, uh, but God forgave him and gave him a one-way ticket back to Nineveh. And that fish spit him out. Amen. So, you know, uh, Jonah preached for 40 days to the Ninevites. And these were, these were evil people. They weren't doing right. And he preached to them. Of course, he may have looked bad. He had seaweed probably wrapped around his head. He probably had, you know, I don't know how he looked, but I'm sure he looked pretty bad being in the well for three days. And so he he looked pretty scary. And they thought, man, if that's the judgment of God on on Jonah, because he probably did something wrong, then what will will happen to us, you know? And also, I I, I think that, you know, um, that in in the, the story of Nineveh, that uh, as he preached, their eyes started getting open to truth. You know, as you minister the word of God, people may not get it the first time. As you invite people into church, they may not grab a hold of it. Why? Because they may not need church at that time. But, you know, you have to keep planting seed and watering it and asking people, you know, they may not come the first time. They may not come the second time. Some of you took a little while before you got here. It had to take a little while before you figured out that God was smarter than you and that you needed him. And so so it could take a little while. I've heard stories of people that are here now that are very that that's bearing fruit. It took them six months to get to church. It took. Is you know what I'm talking about? But you you made it. You're here. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm going to prophesy this to you this morning. Your family's coming in, too. Your, your, your workers, your co-workers are coming in. Amen. Because you're walking in the light of the word of God. Amen. So in Jonah 3, 5 and 10, let's see what they did to turn around judgment or turn around bad seed. It says in, 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 in the book of uh, Jonah, chapter 3, 5 through 10, it, this is after Jonah had preached for 40 days, the impending judgment. Now I'm going to say this, that they probably heard about Sodom and Gomorrah going up in smoke. So they, they knew that the God of Israel, they probably heard about all the miracles, how has Israel came out of, 
of Egyptian bondage and how Egypt was basically destroyed. And they probably heard about the power of God, thought about the smoke and they and, and, and it got to them. It says, so the people in Nineveh believed God. They believed God. They how do you make the seed of God's word uh, come to root in your hearts? You believe God Amen. It says, so the people in Nineveh believed God. Proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of uh, uh, from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. That was an old timers way of showing that they were humble. Amen. They would cover themselves in ashes. I'm glad we don't do that uh, today. Amen. And he, and, he, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout all Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast uh, be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways, and God relented from the disaster, and he said he would not that he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So 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 God listen. I know the Bible says that I am God and I change not. Amen. But this is a little different. See, God, God is righteous and he's holy. Amen. And he's a righteous God. But God doesn't want to judge us. God doesn't want judgment on us. The, the Bible in the New Testament says gives us a way where we don't have to be judged by God. How, how is that? Repentance is one. But the Bible says if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. Amen. And so 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 here uh, God doesn't want to judge. So he wants to give an avenue or he wants to give people a way of an escape. You know, in, in John three sixteen it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. Right. But have everlasting life. Right. But then then the ne- I love the next stanza in verse 17. It said, but God did not send his son in the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Amen. So we're not, you know, God's not looking to try to judge you this morning. He's trying to reveal your, his love to you this morning. He's trying to reveal that, that, that he's, you know, as long as you're with him, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. And so we need to be willing and obedient. And, we, and as we do that, we'll see the blessings of God. You know, repentance can lengthen our life. Amen. You know, uh, in uh, in the story of Hezekiah, this is Isaiah 38, one through five. Hezekiah uh, was a king. And and in those days, it says in Isaiah 38, one, five, in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, thus says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall not die. Uh, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. Have I done what is good in your sight? See, Hezekiah wasn't a real wicked king. He did some good things, but there was some things he did that wasn't right that caused the judgment of God to come. 
into his life. Like I said, God will judge leaders greater than he will judge the common people. So he was in leadership. And so he turned to God. He and 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 he says and he prayed and 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 he and. And he, he reasoned with the Lord and, and it says Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it says, as the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah saying, go, go as the, I'm sorry, as the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord of God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. Amen. So so we see this. Think about this. The, the, the prophet Isaiah comes in and says, get your house in order, you're going to die. And, and Isaiah, you know, it, this, is, this is basically, you know, judgment from God. God's saying, you're going to die. But then he turns, he humbles himself, he turns to the law, he repents, and then God has him turn back around, do a 180, come back and say, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Think about this. Think about this. Even in impending judgment, even when we've sowed some bad seed, we can pull that bad seed up. Why? How? By repenting. We can, we can pull that bad seed up. How? By, by turning from doing what's wrong to turning what's doing what's right. Is that good? And so I'm going to say this. Listen, uh, some of us, you know, we, we, some of us, we can measure ourselves and you can measure yourself and you can do about uh, most of us are trying to do everything right. But, you know, the Bible says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. For instance, you can be married and, 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 and you're, you could be a married person and you could be faithful 364 days out of the year. But that one day of unfaithfulness can cancel that 364 days of faithfulness. Well, it's just one day I'm faithful to my wife, the 364, but that one day can cancel out this 364. Most of us kind of measure out our lives and we say, well, I'm doing mostly everything right. But it's so small. It's those little areas God's OK with. No, God's not OK with little areas that we're allowing to take a hold of us. And those small foxes will spoil the vine. So so, so we don't want to we don't want just because you're, you're doing mostly everything right. Well, God will overlook the bad things. No, no, you no, no. God doesn't overlook any bad things. He does. He, he, he is pleased with us when we do the right things. But we have to make sure that we're not doing things that's causing a hole in our faith boat that will cause our faith boat to slowly sink. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So one day of adultery does not cancel out 364 fa- days of faithfulness. Can I get an amen there? In old me. So how? Listen. How can we see God's promises or how can we get rid of those things that are in our life that's hindering us? In, in uh, Luke 17, 16, it, there's, there's, he's talking about a seed here. In Luke 17, 17 verse, verse 16, I believe, it says, uh, no, 7, 17, verse 6. It says, and the Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea and it should be obey you. I, I, I like this translation, uh, mulberry tree and other translations. I like the sick of mine tree because it goes, you know, if you're sick of yours, I'm sick of mine. Amen. In other words, what are you sick of in here? What what is what's hindering you? All you need is a mustard seed of faith. 
Some of us think we need great faith to get to to get rid of the hindrances in our life or we need great faith to see the promises of God come to pass in our life. No, all you need is a muster seed size of faith. Amen. Jesus talks about the mustard seed, even though it's the smallest seed that the tree grows up and it grows up so large that even the birds of the air can nest under that. In other words, when we start meditating on the word of God and we start allowing the word of God to 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 come into our hearts, it's going to take some time. But we're going to start growing and we're like trees, the Bible says, and we're going to grow up and become all that God calls us to be. Amen. You know, our thoughts are seeds. I'm going to focus on this and I'm closing down. But our thoughts are seeds. You know, your thoughts are seeds. And what you think on, good or bad, can come to pass in our lives. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what do we need to do? Listen. You can't take in 40 hours of worldliness and just have 45 minutes of, of, of godliness and for your life to change. Amen. In other words, you're going you're gonna to have to get more of God in your life. Amen. Than the world. Amen. And see, and, and, our, and we have, to, you know, the word of God will transform us. And I want to be transformed. I don't want to be a worldly person. I, I want to be a heavenly person. Godly thoughts. Or God's words meditated on will produce godly speech that will produce a heavenly lifestyle. I mean, when I went to Bible school, and I'm telling you, it was one of my favorite times of my life because I'd go to Bible school and I'd get four hours of the word of God every day. And then I would have to study and put maybe a couple hours a night in it. And I'm telling you, it was like heaven on earth. I didn't watch TV. I was always in some kind of prayer meeting. I was always doing something for the church. And I'm telling you, my life was full. Amen. It was, it was like days of heaven on earth. I remember I'd be at prayer meetings to one o'clock in the, at night. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And God was working. Oh, see, listen, if, if you're dealing with any grief in your life, if you're dealing with humdrumness, get God in your life. Get God in your life. In Psalms 1, 1 through 3, I love this. This is one of my favorite uh, scriptures. Uh, it says, bless the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's saying, bless the man that, that doesn't, uh, because when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, the counsel of the godly, that seeds, they're being sown into that person's heart. So if, if, you, if you're getting ungodly counsel, then you're sowing bad seed into your hearts. And it says, blessed is the man or you could say, curse the man that takes counsel from, from ungodly people, nor, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. All this can be negative seed planted into our lives. But he says, but, but bless the man that delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall become like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in a season whose leaves also should not wither. And whatever he does prospers. Think about that. So this is a contrast here. This is contrasting between receiving bad seed through the wrong company. How many people know bad company can corrupt good morals? The wrong people. Can I go a little further today? The, The bad information or the TV shows that you're watching, if they're ungodly, 
And, there, and it's all about, you know, people having affairs and people doing the things and doing all this. It's going to get into your heart. And what, and what it's going to produce, it's going to produce death. But, you know, if you, you can pull those seeds out, yes, you may be saying, Pastor, you're saying I need to become a monk and turn my TV set off. You might need to. <laughs> you might need to turn off the TV set. You might need to turn off ungodly influences. Why? So you can be blessed. I'm telling you, the world has nothing, you know, on God. In other words, there's nothing in this world that, I, that, 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 that motivates me or blesses me. Only God and heavenly things bless me. Now, we, now, I'm not, now, get this, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that not to have fun and not to watch TV and all that. But I'm saying that you have to guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And, and that's the first part of it. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So Proverbs 23, 7, we hear this is a common, is common colloquial expression. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, so, so I want to say this. You won't go too far in your life until you start thinking right in your heart. You won't go too far in God until you have a right image on the inside of you of who you are in Christ. See, the devil's trying to get an image on the inside of you. You know what I'm talking about? He's trying to get an image of the inside of you of, you know, if you're trying to, you know, watching the wrong TV programs and the wrong characters. He wants those characters to have an image in you. But God wants a godly image in you. Can I get an amen? First Peter 2 9 says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. So what is he saying? Peter is saying that we are a chosen generation. I'm going to say this. If you're in Jesus today, you're a somebody. If you're in Jesus today, you're a royal chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're an ambassador of God. You're something in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Don't let anybody label you to tell you who you are by your personality or by, you, by your ethnicity. Don't let people tell you who you are and what you have and, and what you can become. No, God is the one that tells us who we are, what we have, and what we can become. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. This is a key to, to, to allow in the seed of God's word, you need to start proclaiming who you are in Christ. Amen? You need to proclaim it. Praise God. You know, a key to walking in peace is to keep... This is all about your mind. I'm talking about your mind this morning. The first part of it is that you have to keep your mind set on God and you'll be at perfect peace. How are you going to prosper in God? You only prosper as your soul prospers. If you, want, if you want to prosper on the outside, your soul has to prosper on the inside. How is your soul going to prosper? By meditating on the Word of God. By allowing that Word of God to become real to you in your life. In other words, get scriptures and meditate on those scriptures until, the, until it takes root into our hearts. Until it starts producing a harvest. I'm going to say this. You're greater than you think you are. God sees you greater than you see yourself. Most of the times we see ourselves as small and insignificant, but God sees you greater. 
Do you believe that today? You're, you're, you're not small. You're not insignificant. You're powerful in God. Uh, seeds are words and, and our words are powerful and our words can produce blessing or calamity in our lives. Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. So, so this is saying that that we will be satisfied by the words that we speak. See, everything that you have today is what you spoke yesterday and what you thought about yesterday. Don't get mad at God because of the harvest you have today. Change what you're saying. Amen. Out of your mouths. Change what you're believing and you will see a difference in your life. It says here, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if we're speaking life with our tongues, we're sowing life seed into our hearts and it's going to take root and we're going to walk in the life of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In first Peter three, eight, it says, finally, all of you be of one mind. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or willing or, or rivally for rivaling. But not. But on the contrary, blessing. Know that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life, see good days. Let him refrain his tongue. Notice this. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. If you want to see good days, amen, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil, do good, that's sowing, and let him seek peace and pursue it. Amen. So, so, so if you want to see good days, start walking in God's word. Start doing the right things. Start sowing good seed and you will have a good harvest. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, I believe that this church is growing. I believe that you're growing as as you receive the seed that I'm that I'm scattering out today. I'm scattering seed out and that seed is coming into your hearts and you're growing in God and you're becoming what God has called you to be. Mighty warriors, giants in the faith. Do you believe that you're becoming giants in the faith? I'm telling you, as you meditate on that word of God, as you start confessing who you are, that you are more than a conqueror in Christ, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances say, the circumstances could say that you look like a big loser, but God says you're a winner in him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Amen. You're ambassadors ambassadors of Christ. You represent heaven down here. Listen, start taking, take some seed. If you want to get out of debt, how many people want to get out of debt? Get, get some promises of God's word. Listen, Christians shouldn't be in debt. Christians should be the most prosperous people on planet earth. Christians should be out of debt. That's why you got to get some seed like love, you know, oh, no man, anything but to love them. Put that scripture on, on your uh, everywhere, on your wallet, on your checkbook. Oh, no man, anything but to love them and start meditating on that. All the great preachers that I look at, the one of the first things that God tells them to do is get out of debt. Every great preacher I ever heard preach, the first thing they did uh, was 
was to focus their faith in getting out of debt. And I'm looking at debt-free people here today. I'm looking at blessed people today. You're the head and not the tail, the Bible says. You're the lender and not just the borrower. Stop looking at yourself as somebody that doesn't have much. No, if you have the word of God, you have more than enough seed word that will change anything in your life. you believe that today? Get the seed of God's word. Get into the word. Plant it into your hearts. And then watch it. Ooh, man, you become like that tree. You'll become... Man, I'm I'm driving. Sometimes I'm driving. God will show me these big trees. I look at there. They look about 100 feet tall. And and God would just remind me you're growing in 100 feet tall. You listen on the outside. I may not look much on the outside, but, you know, I'm a lot more on the inside than I'm on the outside. The Apostle Paul didn't look like he was much, you know, on the outside, but he was a thousand times bigger on the inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The word of God will expand your capacity to receive more from God. Did you receive it this morning? I believe you did. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your mercies this morning. I thank you, Father God. Oh, for the, for the seed of your word that's penetrating our hearts, that's causing us to be all that you've called us to be. I thank you, Lord God, that we're pulling out those weeds of doubt, unbelief. We're pulling those out and we're replacing those those weeds with seeds of faith, seeds of goodness, seeds of righteousness, seeds of wholeness. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this place. And Father, I thank you with every head bowed and every eye closed. I thank you, Father God, if there's anybody in here or watching online, if you've never made a commitment to Jesus, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may not get another chance. I want to invite you. To make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you're here today, if you never asked Jesus to come into your heart, I, I, want you, I want to pray with you today. Amen. If that's you today, if you're watching on, I want you to pray. Just pray this after me. If you're ready for a change in your life, say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus. I repent of sin and I receive you today as Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 